Welcome to Metal Injections, the Squared Circle Pit. Today's special guest, comic artist, Fox Rose. And now, here's your host, Rob Haspani. It is the biggest pro wrestling week of the year, and thank you for joining me on Metal Injection Squared Circle Pit. It's Rob. I'm Rob Injection on all social media, and of course, Squared Circle Pit is on Twitter. Squared Circle Pit, no E in circle. And we're on Facebook. Please give us a follow. And if this is your first time listening, thank you for listening. Head into our archives. We have so many great episodes. Eric Bischoff, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, CM Punk. Lots of big interviews on Squared Circle Pit. You can see all the archives at metalinjection.net slash Squared Circle Pit. We have a fun guest today, Box Brown. He's a comic artist. He's not a metalhead. He's not a wrestler. He's a comic artist. But a comic artist I'm a big fan of, and we have a lot of fun talking about how he got into wrestling and uh, comics and and just uh, this whole week in wrestling. And I wanted to talk. It's been a big week. Raw had its season premiere. It was all right. But everybody was, was wondering what's going to happen on Wednesday with the NXT two-hour premiere on USA, as well as the long-awaited AEW premiere. Now, I watched AEW first, and I loved it. It was incredible. It was very... It kind of... It did give me old-school Nitro vibes. It, it had a big show feel. It felt more like a Raw or a SmackDown than it did a NXT. And they did a great job with pacing, uh... For someone like myself, I do a lot of fast-forwarding during Raw and SmackDown, and I barely, barely did any fast-forwarding here because they kept my attention. I was so curious what was happening. They did a really good job with it. Overall, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to seeing how they are able to pull it off week to week. And and again, there are some things that I didn't like. Uh, Not didn't like, but some things I'm wary of, I should say. Like, for example, I don't think AEW has done a good job with Kenny Omega who was my favorite wrestler last year in the last few years. And I don't know, this year, not so much. <laughs> he had a great match with Pac at the last pay-per-view at All Out. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Like, this guy should be their top guy. So hopefully, I think I think it's part of the story. that they're, They have to rehabilitate his brand a little bit. Uh, I loved all the action. I thought the pacing was good. The work rate was really good. It got me really excited to see all these wrestlers, and I wanted to see more of the wrestlers I didn't see, like Pentagon and Phoenix, Private Party. So it got me looking forward uh, to next week's show. The Kevin Smith bit was a little weird, but I obviously understand why they did it. They want the publicity and the the kind of rub of Kevin Smith hanging out at the debut episode of the show. Of course, that was clearly a Jericho thing, since Jericho is in the new Jay and Silent Bob reboot. But overall, I liked it. I liked it a lot. And then I tried to watch NXT, but because I'm an old man and it was past 10 o'clock, I could not stay awake past the Matt Riddle, Adam Cole, Bay match. Now, I've been slowly going through it ever since. And it's been a great show. The rest, like we are so spoiled as wrestling fans right now with so much great wrestling. It's such an exciting time to be a pro wrestling fan. And, uh, and I'm not even talking about New Japan. There was no New Japan even this week other than the house shows. I did go to the house shows last weekend, I should say. And they were really fun. The New York one started an hour and a half late, which was not fun and in a way kind of ruined the vibe of the show. But the New Yorkers were still really loud. And then I drove down to Philly and that show started on time and that show was awesome. That show, the crowd was going crazy. 
And I feel like the reactions would have been similar in New York if the crowd wasn't already so fatigued from sitting around uh, for an hour and a half and doing nothing. But it was great. New Japan is awesome. Uh, I almost wish it was a, there were some more stakes because it was a little too much of a house show. And it kind of makes me wonder, like, what's the point of even flying all these guys out, you know, 15-hour flights or whatever it is from Japan to New York. And uh, just for, like, these pointless house shows. Like, they should be good cards. And on top of that, they were broadcasting the New York show uh, on New Japan World, but not in English. That that didn't make any sense to me. And, and they darkened the whole venue. The Hammerstein Ballroom is one of the nicest venues uh, around, and, and they barely showed any of it. It was lit like it was a dingy bingo hall. That, that really confused me. But anyway, enough of me ranting. Thank you, as always, for listening. Let's get to my interview with Box Brand. Now entering the squared circle pit, I have a pro wrestling fan and a comic artist. You may have seen his works like Cannabis, the illegalization of weed in America, and uh, one of my favorite comics, Andre the Giant, Life and Legend, the comic artist. Box Brown is here. Box, thank you for uh, hopping in the squared circle pit. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, uh, I was given your uh, Andre the Giant comic a few years ago uh, when a friend, like, because I was like, oh, you know, I'm not, like, too crazy into comics, uh, and he knew I liked wrestling, so he was like, I think this is the perfect comic for you. And he was right. (laughs) And I thought you did a a great job with it. It was, like, a a really good uh, vehicle for the Andre the Giant biography, basically. Oh, thank you. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, uh i i that was my first book you know i was like um you know i had done like a lot of comics pages of comics before that but it was still like a huge deal for me when that book came out and now you have this uh weed comic out and i'm I'm assuming you've been doing a lot of weed press yeah uh what's that like (laughs) uh actually that there's a it's good um, t- I love talking about cannabis and talking to the weed people. Like I love um, like um, some of the weed blogs and stuff. Like I love Leafly and like Mary Jane. Oh, what a resource! Yeah, it's so great. Like uh, and like I got to know. So <clears throat> one one of the things I did when I was on tour was uh, I was in Seattle, and I was there for like three day three nights, which is rare. Usually, like if I'm I'm on book tour. I'm only in a city for like one night. And, uh, and so it, 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 when I'm in the same city for three nights in a row, it kind of like splits the audience up. So like the one night, like almost nobody came to the, came to my talk. There was like two people there or like one person there that was like a fan of mine. And then one person who just happened to be at the bookstore uh oh no walking around (laughs) and but what was great was that um the person that was doing moderating and or interviewing me was um bruce barcott from he's uh the editor of leafly and he interviewed me at the library for the, the leafly podcast so it ended up getting heard probably more than any of my talks i did the entire time the entire tour uh but nobody was there. There was like two people in the audience. <laughs> um, but uh, w- one great thing uh, about, and, and like, I think 
when I got into, um, when I did this cannabis book and I realized like, I'm going to be like all in with, in cannabis media and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, the thing you're thinking the whole time is like, well, I, maybe I'll get free weed out of this. And <laughs> so that like almost never happens. But one time, um, when I was on book tour, um, um, I had a talk at the library in, I forget the name, Fort Collins, which is like um, an hour and a half north of Denver. And uh, that, it, it was actually not a bad talk. Uh, you know, um, so, uh, libraries usually have like a decent amount of people that come in for like just come to all the talks because they just like build their own audience. So that was cool. But the person I did the talk with uh, manages this amazing um, dispensary in Fort Collins. Uh, I want to look it up real quick because it's, it was great. But they also they wanted me to try out uh, their stuff, and um, and so I got to sample like anything on the menu. Organic alternatives it was called. Uh, I got to sample anything on the menu for a dollar <laughs> and it was amazing. Uh, Finally, all that hard work paid yeah, off. Yeah. So that was, <laughs> so I, I wrote this huge, the, the whole book, all the research, all the thing. And, uh, but, but one time for that one time when I did get to get a couple of free grams and it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For, like I am a massive pothead. I smoke every day and uh, I mostly keep it off of my social media, but every once in a while I wonder like, man, maybe I should be posting more to get some, like, I don't even want free weed. I just want free raw papers. I well, use so much raw, like, I want to be sponsored by raw. Well, I did a, um, I did uh, something for, for a company one time called Burn Box that was like, where you would get like a, a weed sampler, not, not weed, but like accessories every month. And I got, a, oh yeah. I got a free burn box. So I got like a bowl and like, I forget. It was like papers, a bowl, a couple other little weed trinket things. Something that made, like, like blue smoke rings for you. Like some other little toys. The whole thing is like, do you really need weed paraphernalia every month? That seems like more of a maybe a quarterly thing. <laughs> some things go, uh, some things get messed up all the time. Uh, like that you have to kind of like reuse like papers for one thing you're constantly right yeah that would be great to have because you you run out of them you don't need a new bowl every month i don't think yeah exactly uh, what is your preferred uh, method of smoking uh i've been dabbing a lot lately uh is it more efficient is that why you do it yeah also there's like a flower shortage in pennsylvania right now Mm. and it's legal in pennsylvania or like medicinal or the medical market, there's a flower shortage. So if you go to mm. dispensary, they don't, they have like only a few strains, and it's, it's like sixty bucks an eight, and that's it. Oh wow! Yeah, that's more than it's here in New York, and it's not even legal. Um, on the black market, obviously, it's much cheaper and like whatever. Um, but I, I'm not. Re- I don't really. It's just I got I got into dabbing because it's just like this when you. Smoke weed. I, I like to smoke flour and stuff, but it's smoking. You can like taste the smoke to me now. Uh, mm. 
And so, yeah, I just got into dabbing just to, like about a year or two ago. And uh, the blowtorch and the whole deal. Yeah, I had an email for a while uh, that I used, but uh, I actually find the blowtorch to be less nerve wracking to me because I'm always afraid that I'm going to leave the email on and it's going to like burn the house down. At least mm -hmm. I know, like works like it's off when I'm not there. Like it's not. I didn't accidentally leave it on. <laughs> you know what I mean. So you have to plug in an email. Is that? Yeah, yeah. It's just like okay. a thing that you can turn on and off or whatever. But I'm always afraid that. Yeah. I accidentally left it on. Well, one thing I've uh, I don't know if struggled with is the word, but like sometimes I wonder if I should is getting high watching wrestling because this is a wrestling podcast. Do you get high watching pro wrestling? Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I should clarify, like, watching it at home high is great. Uh, I mean, like, in person. Oh, Do you in, ever go to shows? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's some. It's kind of like uh, you can't really, like, usually leave the arena or to go outside that often. Uh, uh -huh. So, I, But I have been high at wrestling shows before. I actually took acid one time and went to a <laughs> Ring of Honor show, and I met Bill after there and, um, and ended up... Uh, Going a few days later, I went to, or probably a few weeks later, I ended up going to Bill After's house that was on the Bill Af Bill After's YouTube show. Uh, talking How did that happen? <laughs> well, I just saw it when I was on acid at at the Ring of Honor show. Bill After was there, and he was like, you know, the only person over the age of fifty wearing a tie and uh, carrying a microphone. I was like, oh, I think that's Bill After. Um, and I just went over and talked to him, and I was like, oh, Bill After, like, you know, I was, like, fanboyed him a little bit. And, and I was like, oh, I made a book about Andre the Giant. And he was like, oh, you made the comic book about Andre the Giant, blah, blah, blah. Because he's one of this other guy that worked for Pro Wrestling Illustrated named Craig. Uh, Craig Peters uh, is a big comics fan, and he uh, he had... I had met him a few weeks before that and he commissioned me to do some art for him. Uh, and, and he lives like in the Philly area. So we had like a mutual friend. So it ended up, it ended up being uh, very cool. I got to see his whole like collection, tons of stuff. Anything, anything from the collection stick out to you? Well, he has this cool thing called the finger book. That's just like every wrestler giving, giving the camera the middle finger but it's like oh that's great but it's before it predates like steve austin and everything because it's all stuff from like the early 80s way before you'd see like some baby face wrestler like sting giving the camera the finger like in right so are they just candids that he shot over the years basically? Yeah, they're, they're just like private it's like a private thing that they had at the at, at um, pro wrestling illustrated like offices because they would like, you know, do photo shoots there for the magazine. And then they would, at the end, be like, give us one for the finger book. And like, they would just like give the finger. So there's like, you know, the Heart Foundation when they were baby faces, giving the camera the finger. Um, like everybody you can imagine, you know. That's cool. He should release that. I think the time, the world is ready for that now. I know he should do that. I, wish, I, I wonder though. I think, I think, you know, when they took those photos, they probably were like, this is, you know, not for publication, but it's just like his private collection. Yeah, maybe like an off the record kind of thing. Yeah, I could see that. 
So, do you remember your first wrestling memory, like when you got into wrestling? Uh, yeah. Um, so, like, I, I actually got into it. I I started like reading the magazines before I watched it on TV. I think, like, uh, like my 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 first memories of it are more like kids talking about it in school and like going over over like a kid's house and they had like the the toys. And then, like, my friends would, like, bring the magazines into school. And, like, that was, like, my first knowledge of what wrestling was. Like, my, my, my parent, like, my dad didn't watch wrestling or anything like that. Um, so that's interesting. Like, the word of mouth marketing yeah, I mean, reached you, like, essentially. It was really, like, uh, you know, my friend would bring in, like, a WWF magazine every every day. And we would, like, read it at lunch. This was in probably, like... 1990 or something or 1989 and um and uh we would like look at it every day i remember like looking at all like the catalogs we were like bring in another one bring in another. I mean, we would like badger this kid to bring it bring a new one in every day and then uh you know i started watching it on saturday mornings and then i remember i watched wrestlemania 6 at, at this kid's house and uh it was like awesome i was like this i'm 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 hooked after that were you an Ultimate Warrior guy or a Hulk Hogan guy? I think I was just like blown away by both of them. I was just like, because I was kind of so new to it. I was like, I don't know. I mean, I knew who Hulk Hogan was because he was, you know, so mainstream famous. And then like Ultimate Warrior was like so cool, like looking and like awesome. And it was like such like a crazy emotional thing. I remember like. I'm sure this is embarrassing. Glad I'm not using his real name, but I remember my friend cried when Hulk Hogan lost, and like I, it was know, emotional for me as well. I don't, I don't blame him. <laughs> like, I, I wasn't even like a wrestling fan, and I was like totally caught up in the emotional end of it, and like the everything that you're supposed to get caught up in, like when you're caught up in the magic of pro wrestling. Uh, like that was me at WrestleMania, watching WrestleMania six, like at my friend's house on a Sunday, you know? Yeah. So it sounds like you came of age, uh, during the Monday night wars as well. And you were around for that. Were you rooting for one side over the other? Yeah. I mean, like, um, I was definitely like rooting for WWE. Yeah. I guess towards the end, everyone kind of was cause WCW was so shit. I like always was, I mean, I was just like such a mark, I guess, for for WWE, I, I always, I, I, I think a, a lot of people took like a break between, um, say, WrestleMania six and, uh, like Monday Night Wars. There was like a big like nineteen ninety five. Me, <laughs> I, yeah, but there was a big down period. It yeah, was like it wasn't the best. So like I, I always felt like I was there this whole time, and then there was all yeah. these other fans that showed up. Like when I was in college, by the time I was a freshman in college. Everybody in my dorm watched Monday Night Raw, but when I was like a sophomore in high school, I didn't tell anybody that I watched wrestling. Like, I just had learned by that point, like, it's not, it's like, you don't talk about that unless you figure out it's like a safe, you're with a safe person. (laughs) You're going to get like, yeah, definitely. I totally know what you mean. Yeah. Unless the other person somehow gives you a signal that they might know what you're talking about. You like don't some, want to bring it up because okay. you don't want to be judged. You know who Macho Man is? <laughs> like, at like a kid's birthday party being like, 
oh, so, uh, you know, do you watch wrestling? And the kid was like, what? Wrestling? What? And then he, like, brought some other kid over and was like, this kid watches wrestling. And it just became like, all right, now I have no friends at this little kid birthday party. <laughs> uh, and so it, like, uh, you know, you don't talk about it it's, it, you, until, until you, like, feel safe. But then yeah. by the Monday Night Wars, it was just, like, so mainstream. You could just be like, whatever. It's true. Uh, it was kind of crazy, too, uh, how, like, all the people in my neighborhood got into it. And there would be, like, those get-togethers for the pay-per-views and whatever, where, like, three years before, it was just me. <laughs> and it was just the whole neighborhood now. You could, like, beg one person to to sit down and watch it with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I had one friend that was into it. And then we kind of got, we slowly got all of our friends into it. And then, like, their parents got into it. <laughs> and it was this whole, you know, I mean, it was a, a very fun time for pro wrestling. But then the 2000s came, not so fun. Yeah. After 2001. Yeah. I, I, I think at that point I was like, took a, took a long break. It took like probably from like 2000, I think 2001, 2002, I was like checking in occasionally. And then, uh, and then I was kind of out for a while. And uh, do you, now I'm, I'm assuming this whole time you were into comics. Like when, when did you get into comics? So, so, uh, I read like superhero comics when I was a kid, and then when I was like in my teenage years, I got into um, uh, the Life in Hell comics, like the Mac mm. Groening strips, and um, and into all kinds of other uh, like single panel strip type stuff, like just to, like Far Side and stuff like that. Um, and in, in the New Yorker cartoons and stuff like that. And I would draw cartoons and comics like when I was supposed to be taking notes in college. Um, and after that, like I, I didn't actually start like reading comics and getting really into it until I was like 25. So I was like 2005, probably. I started reading like... Um, like alternative comics, James Kachalka and Daniel Close and stuff like that. And then just started making comics like right around then too. So you always kind of had like a hobby for it. it, it like you naturally gravitated towards, like you were just doodling and you were like, Hey, I'm like, not I, too I, shabby at this. I, I, I kind of loved to draw when I was a kid. And then when I was a teenager, I like, didn't think I was like good enough at it. I had a lot of like problems, you know. I think this is what ha like a lot of people go through this type of insecurity as like a teen, like the imposter syndrome. Yeah, like I was like I shouldn't even bother pursuing this because I that's how not good I am at it. But like it didn't, it shouldn't even matter. Like I liked doing it. You know what I mean? Like who cares? Yeah. Who, does, who would even? It doesn't even matter if you're good or not. If you like to do it, like it's okay to do something that you suck at. Yeah, um, uh, but as anyway, long as you're not hurting anybody. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, but like, so this was like a mental block I had for a long time, and then I guess when I, you know, when I became an adult, I just got over it, and I was like, I used to love to draw, and then I just was like, yeah, I love drawing, and then I like started doing it again. And then how did you get like? end up getting gigs just people saw your work and started contacting you i started making like a web comic and i was making web comics for a long time and 
Then I was making mini comics for like forever. And, um, and, and then, you know, at some point I started making these Andre the Giant mini comics that became the Andre the Giant book. Um, but it was all like web comics and mini comics for like 10 years. So just building up an audience online and then yeah. kind of somebody saw your Andre comic and was like, hey, you want a book? Yeah, I mean, kind of. I mean, it's like, you know, a whole long... Right, there's obviously more to... Yeah, I don't, I don't it's mean... It's kind of like, you know, you get into the scene for five years, you start to know people and, like, who's who is our editors and who's looking at stuff. And, and, um, and you know, you're just, like, making comics. Like, I, I, like since 2005, I've probably... I've, like, made, like, 300 pages of like made comics 300 days a year like since then like i mm-hmm. you know i just like i'm obsessed it's I not work for you it's fun it is but it's also i'm obsessed with it too so it's like it's like obsessive compulsive stuff but but it's satisfying to me uh anyway and um uh and so whatever so i just it's just a lot of long you know a lot of work and and years and years and years of whatever. And then eventually something works out. I hear you. That's yeah. a, very hopeful. <laughs> and uh, right now I feel... Uh, so when you got back into wrestling, were you getting into the... Like WWE was in the mid-aughts. wasn't at its peak. No. So were you, but then like there was Ring of Honor. And like I feel with Ring of Honor... It allowed me to start paying attention to Japan, and my friend was on IRC, so he would send me Noah stuff. Were you getting into the underground scene um, back then? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of still wrestling was like still definitely like on my radar for sure. Um, you know, I I um, I think what actually got me back into looking back into pro wrestling was watching shoot interviews. Oh um, yeah. Uh, in like 2008, 2009, maybe, maybe even earlier than that, uh, I like discovered these shoot interviews where I was like, wait a minute, this is like honky tonk man, just like being himself talking and telling all these background stories. Like this was mind blowing at the time. Like, because like when I had stopped watching pro wrestling, like you didn't get that straightforward first person telling you the real scoop of what pro wrestling was. I mean, there was like sheets and things and like, you know, uh, lots of web forums and things like that about what, how pro wrestling worked and things like that. But yeah, you know, these shoot interviews were like the real deal. (laughs) Like the whole. Yeah. I'm assuming you found them on YouTube, like just like a stash of these, accounts that would keep getting taken down and all that yeah then i would like buy the dvds and stuff um like there's like a 12 12 hour rick flair shoot interview where they like go through his whole oh on high spots yeah is that the one i was a little disappointed with that one i felt like it was like 12 hours and i didn't like really learn anything because he was so he wouldn't shoot he he was you know he was very reserved with that one he was he was he was i mean rick flair I don't know. Rick Flair's an interesting guy. There was, I think he was, he, he did speak, I don't think he's capable in a way of speaking or wasn't at the time 
capable of speaking super openly. Like he has, except for he talked about his anxiety situation very openly, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Um, the only thing he talks about openly is shitting on Shane Douglas on those Legends roundtables. I don't know if you've ever watched those. On the, <laughs> you know. Fantastic. Also, I really. Yeah. Love those are amazing. Yeah. Those made uh, subscribing to the WWE cable on demand thing totally yeah. worth it at the time. Um, so those were so good. And so at that point, I think I was like, well, might as well watch what's going on with wrestling. And that was like CM Punk was pretty, you know, it was kind of like after he had done the whole pipe bomb thing. And I was like, that's really neat. Like, this is the most interesting thing I've seen in a while. This is a new face, at least. So I remember, like, one of the reasons I, like, checked out was because it was just, like, Triple H always on the, uh, like, at the face of every pay-per-view forever. And I was just, like, so tired of seeing the same people all the time. And then, like, their new guy was John Cena, and I was just like... Yeah. <laughs> I don't think wrestling's for me anymore, I think. <laughs> That, I definitely felt that way during that era as well. Like, am I finally being aged out? Yeah. But then I found, then you find the underground stuff and you're like, no, this is it. There's so much more. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, and I've grown to absolutely treasure John Cena. Um, but, you know, at the time I was like, why are they doing this? Like, why are they doing it like this? I, I just couldn't understand. Um, and and you know the wrestling wrestling since then has changed so much in the last 10 years it's been wild yeah and when did you get into new japan uh i'm trying to think i went to one of the like the war of the world shows in toronto i'm trying to think what year that was maybe like Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually, that's so funny. That's how I got exposed to it, too. Like, uh, the, the Hammerstein show where Nakamura faced Kevin Steen was, like, the first time I really was like, whoa, I should check out, I should really look, at, look into New Japan. Yeah, I remember that show, I was like, holy cow. Like, that was something. And I got to, like, meet, I actually met the president of New Japan that day. Oh, that's cool. He just happened to be, like, walking around, and I was, I remember everybody was, because it was, like, ROH versus New Japan or whatever, and and there was like one guy there that was like Japanese and he was in front of me in the beer line and he was like so into the show and he was like so into New Japan and like I was just like taken in. That was like, you know, me experiencing WrestleMania six, the magic again at that time. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's it's when it sparks the, the that like the magic of pro wrestling, like that's when it's the best. And yeah, and like now I feel is the best time for pro wrestling anytime. I feel it's like even as someone who grew up during the Monday Night Wars, I think now yeah. is even more insane just because incredible. You know, first of all, DVRs, internet access, you can have access to any wrestling anywhere in the world. Like I never got into Japan because I didn't know anyone with tapes. Like yeah. I only would get into Japan stuff in the two thousands when again, like with IRC, you would trade low res AVIs and stuff. Now I everything's on. like a limited understanding of what was happening. Cause it would be like just photographs, like rumors of what was really happening in Japan. Yeah. Like 2000, maybe like, 
I don't know. It was what I mean. It's it, it's so great now. Oh, I mean, on Wednesday I had like I had signed I signed into the USA live feed and the TNT live feed on my computer, and I had them both yes like, from each other at the same time happening. And like it, that opening match, like it's like Cody against that like um, cruiserweight guy, Sammy Guevara, Sammy Guevara, and then you know. Uh, Matt Riddle, uh, uh, you know, like the championship, yeah. yeah, the championship match on the other, and it was like amazing. Um, yeah, that's why. Like, imagine doing that in the late nineties. You would need two yeah. TVs, two cable boxes. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I was thinking that when I was watching. I was like, "Why didn't we do this?" I'm like, "Because it would have been a pain in the ass. You would have yeah. had two TVs running a separate cable wire." You I'm know. not even sure if they had like cable picture in picture at that point. <laughs> like but I know there was picture in picture on TV, but like you would need two different inputs for that. Yeah. Well, you definitely would need two television sets. Yeah. Um, so like you know, and I remember watching. I always thought they should set up a on the WWE Network a thing where you could watch like Nitro and Raw that happen on the same date at like the same time. Like they. Side by side, yeah. Either side by side, or like you just keep hitting the. You can hit a button and go back and forth, like in real time, like because (laughs) that's what it was like watching them. You'd be like, "Yeah, I ever had watch Raw, and then when it was a commercial, flip to Nitro and keep flipping back and forth and see if there was like a boring match on on Raw, flip to Nitro and see what they're doing, like." Who's talking? Sometimes it's, yeah, like it was hard because you'd have to decide between an NWO segment and a DX segment. Yeah. And then you're like, you wouldn't even see it. Like the next day, you'd only see the, you'd see the highlights because you couldn't, I mean, I would just like read the results the next day if you missed it, but. Right. That's the other thing. Like you couldn't go on YouTube the next day and watch the highlights because they didn't exist. <laughs> just like the next week you got to see them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so what did you think? Like, which show of the NXT and the AEW show did you think was the better show? What was your overall thoughts on the on, on the Wednesday night show? Uh, the, the AEW show was, like, super exciting, and it was great to see that type of commentary where it's not like you're constantly getting pitched shit all the time, like products and go on the web and try the corporate speak yeah it was just like a much more straightforward like broadcast and Mm -hmm. it was like super professional and cool and awesome looking like it looked great um the the nxt match uh the nxt show the the opening match was um, incredible um it was amazing but and, and and but you know NXT has like a totally different like an entirely different um, uh, uh, presentation than 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 AEW because AEW looks is more like Raw and NXT is like this tiny thing it's an, uh, you know dark. it's like a studio show basically yeah so it's very different um, uh, it's almost like they don't even compete with each other. I don't know. I don't even see. I think it's kind of a bad move to to put them against each other. Because yeah, I kind of feel like I agree. It's it's an unfair comparison for both because like uh, AEW is going for like the bigger. You're right. AEW is kind of like going for like the raw feel, and then 
NXT is a smaller thing, and NXT is great. So yeah, don't but ruin it's it. Gonna have unless they, I don't know. It's going to be in either like it's going to put NXT in a weird spot where they have to like do this extra grandeur to try to outcompete AEW. Um, it's but they shouldn't. Because NXT really should have this indie show feel, which that's because that's what makes it NXT and not Raw. I don't know. It's weird. I, I wonder what's going to happen. I would wonder if, like, if NXT got really hot, if AEW would like do smaller shows, or I don't know. I don't know. We'll I see. don't think so. I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. But I, mean, I think yeah, it's too soon to like really make any judgment calls. Ultimately, yeah. like, right now it's still the hype is too real. You know, like I feel in like five weeks when everything settles down. Like, uh, AEW can't have a shocking debut every week, you know? Like, I, I honestly, like, don't think they should have even done uh, Jack Swagger as, like, a shocking reveal. Yeah. I don't. I honestly felt like the crowd reacted way stronger than my personal opinion. Like, I was like, wow, the really? Like, Jake yeah. Hager? Like, this guy? I mean, like, it, don't get me wrong. I thought they said it. They did it perfectly. They did it great. Yeah. And he, he looked yeah. awesome. He looked like a million bucks. But, like, he's not that over to me. Uh, I'm sure they could change it with like however they book it. Like, they uh, but you're right. Come in as just like we have we signed Jack Hager. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not as a surprise thing, and be like, yeah, he's Chris Jericho brought him in. Like they were boys and whatever. And like, I don't know. It just to to me, it felt like weak sauce in a situation when people were maybe expecting CM Punk to come out. Like. Yeah, but I, like I, I was not like all just if you read everything online, it wasn't. Sure, but, I mean, like, but I hear what you're saying. Like the casual fan, maybe not even CM Punk, but maybe somebody. Like I remember, like the right. next day, the headline because I, I I fell asleep. I admit, uh, I'm getting old now. Uh, Which did you watch? Oh, you watched them both at the same time, or did you end up watching one and then the? I game? ended up. Me and my wife actually watched most of um, AEW. Uh, <laughs> And she was like, she does not a wrestling fan, but she uh, got it totally got into it. We watched the women's title match, which was amazing. And uh, my wife was like, "That that was great." Um, so what was I what was I saying before? Uh, 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 I forgot where I was going with that. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about Jake Hager and the debut, the surprise. Oh, yeah. So the next morning, I was like, "It's like oh, big surprise WWE wrestler." And it was Jack Swagger. I was like, what? That's so disappointing. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. I just felt like they shouldn't have done it as like a surprise. Like, should have, you know, they could have still been a surprise that he was a big, like a heel. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Without it being. Maybe like, not the end of show surprise, you're saying. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. I think, I think it, it wasn't worthy of that placement. I agree. Yeah. I hope they don't fall into that trap. But. Otherwise, I love the pacing of the show. I loved the action. They have a really great roster. Like, I love a lot of the wrestlers on there. I liked the how, like, Chris Jericho whipped Cody's ass during the commercial break. Yeah. That was cool. And they had, like, they had, like, picture in picture of him, like, beating up Cody during the whole commercials. That was cool. Yeah, the, the production in general, I thought, was very, very good. It was great. I mean, it was like, 
I, I you know, hopefully we'll it'll continue to be like that. It didn't feel cheap at all. Like it didn't feel like this second rate, like a, a TNA. Like the TNA curse is like what they want to avoid as much as possible. And it didn't feel like that. Yeah, uh, so far they're doing really well avoiding it, I would say. Yeah. I mean, we'll see as contracts as contracts uh, expire if they start bringing a ton of people in. Um, but yeah. I don't know. Who, so who are your guys right now that you're rooting yeah. for uh, in general in wrestling? Oh, well, I want AEW to really be strong. In, uh, yeah, I would love – yeah. I, I mean, I, I want – I don't want anyone to go out of business. No, <laughs> sure, sure. I really want them to slap back at Vince, though. I, I think that's really cool. Um, and so I'm really interested in, like, everything going on there. Um, I, I really like uh, – is her name Riho? The, yeah. Uh, the women's champ. She's awesome. I just, like, love the whole, like, weird – presentation where she's like a teenager that can like and she does like these crazy moves and like wow she's that's a wild act uh so yeah i mean i'm like into everything man i like uh, you know i i like where the business is at right now Mm -hmm. um and i'm excited for for all the stuff that's going on and i'm excited to see like where it goes and uh i mean i'm even kind of interested in in the SmackDown tonight on Fox. Yeah, they hyped it up huge. I agree. They really hyped yeah. it. It was on Stern all week this week. Uh, he even did live commercials talking about SmackDown, which is rare. Yeah, Fox is spending a lot of money on that marketing, I've noticed. Yeah. And it's just going to be on Fox. I mean, that's going to be wild. That's so cool. Yeah, I agree. Like, as a longtime wrestling fan, as someone who didn't have cable as a kid, and my building was not even wired for cable until i was like 13 Uh, like if there was wrestling on fox i would have i would have been at my tv every friday yeah i mean like we had wrestling i had cable and like uh i remember i wasn't i was into wrestling for a long time before i realized they had a monday night tv show Mm -hmm. and uh it was primetime wrestling and it was such a weird show to me and i loved it but yeah, I always watched it. Uh, like most of the, my my, you know, uh, connect, you know, exposure to wrestling was Saturday and Sunday mornings on Fox, like on Channel Five. Yeah, like same here. Yeah, that's how I watched all my wrestling and like WCW as well with Worldwide. They would have so good. Yep. Right on. Awesome, man. Well. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to uh, talk to me here on Squared Circle Pit. I also uh, didn't mention that you have a, a great comic about Andy Kaufman. Is this guy for real? The unbelievable Andy Kaufman. Oh, yes. Uh, Lots of pro wrestling in that book, too. One of the all-time great pro wrestling heels. <laughs> uh, do you have anything you'd want to plug? Uh, no, not too much. I actually just uh, made some posters with pat and oswald that are for sale in my store i still have a few left so if you want to come check those out uh go to boxbrown.com and check out the store cool dude definitely check out his comics even if you're not too into the comic book world because box brown is a great entry point for that kind of stuff and as he mentioned it it's friday and smackdown on fox is premiering it's probably going to have premiered by the time you've listened to this but i'm i'm Really looking forward to pro wrestling being on broadcast television again. And I've been loving 
seeing all the WWE superstars at football games, at uh, baseball games, and all these snobby Fox announcers having to like hype up these wrestlers. It's been great. Some of them are douchier, uh, like Keith Overman. Uh, you're like, oh, you're serious? Oh, I'm so serious. I'm Keith Overman. Blah, blah, blah. I can't handle a, a fucking pro wrestler being shown on screen during a baseball game for five seconds. F off! No, it's pretty great. I, I hope SmackDown on Fox is a new beginning for WWE in that they do more cool matches and less weird storylines. I'm Rudy. I want everybody to succeed. Uh, I don't want anybody to fail. Uh, and, and speaking of that, I heard Ring of Honor, their last pay-per-view, only had 800 buys for the pay-per-view. 800! Ugh. Did you even know there was a Ring of Honor pay-per-view? It was last weekend. Yeah, I didn't really even know either. Uh, Ring of Honor needs to step it up. And uh, you need to step it up and follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter. Squared Circle Pit is the handle. No E in circle. Or just follow me on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Squared Circle Pit. There is an E in circle in the Facebook one. <laughs> All the archives on MetalInjection.net slash Squared Circle Pit. See you in a few weeks. Thank you, as always, for listening.